For most people, winning a game show would be a once-in-a-life opportunity. Somehow, Brian Noonan managed to do it three times. This is the Greatest Story Ever podcast. There comes a time when all the cosmic tumblers have clicked into place and the universe opens itself up for a few seconds to show you what's possible. With Keith Conrad. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. One person with an exciting story to tell is Dr. Vera Etches, the top doctor in Ottawa. As you might imagine, she's been very busy in recent months, what with a global pandemic raging and all. Sometimes when you're in a rush, you make mistakes. And last week, Vera tweeted that she was so busy getting her kids ready for school that she rushed out the door without any pants on. Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Also not like she got halfway to the car and realized her mistake either. She was wearing a long jacket and didn't realize she forgot to put pants on until she made it into her office at City Hall. So basically, Dr. Etches actually lived out the nightmare where you show up to school or work naked. At least partially naked anyway. Of course, you would have already heard Dr. Etch's thrilling story if you visited my website, keithconradmedia.com, and signed up for my free email newsletter, The News Side Quest. It's a collection of entertaining and insightful stories that avoids politics like the plague. Actually, we should probably come up with a new thing for everyone to avoid, what with an actual plague going on and all. Anyway, you'll get a collection of entertaining and insightful stories, my snarky commentary, and a gif or two. And it's all free. Go to KeithConradMedia.com. My guest this week is a comedian, actor, and radio host for WGN Radio in Chicago and WTMJ in Milwaukee. Plus, you should check out his weekly quarantine cast on YouTube. Turns out you may have also seen him winning a game show or two, or three. Brian Noonan, thanks so much for joining me. You're welcome, Keith. Thanks for having me. This is very exciting. Well, I wouldn't go that far. No, it is. I Listen, it's, uh, what else do I have to do? I love sitting in front of a microphone. Usually I do it when nobody else is there and I'm just pretending. So today to actually have a conversation with someone is very exciting for me. It's a new experience for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a huge, hugely new experience. So I, we were talking uh, beforehand and uh, I've had, I've never, well, okay. Does Bozo count as a game show? Did you play the grand prize game? I did not. I was I was two years old, and I actually my brother was uh, was a little bit older, so he was very excited about it. I was basically, uh, as I'm told, spent the entire time crawling around on the floor. Well, that's not a good Bozo experience. Uh, unless but, but, you played the grand you know, prize game, I would have to say no. Uh, being at Bozo does not count as a game show. Just yeah, by, I, I actually went to Bozo twice, but that's not the story we're here to talk about. No. So, okay. That's not a game show. So I guess we've, we've landed on, I have not been on a game show, but, uh, I, I know several people who have like a, a couple people that I've worked with actually, uh, one, uh, won a car on wheel of fortune. Nice. And, uh, the other, I, he wasn't actually on the prices, right. But he was in the audience and, uh, managed to set things up so that he proposed to his girlfriend. Uh, wow. This is right. That's pretty cool. And uh, it, it did work out. She said yes. Uh, did the so, yodeling guy go up the mountain, and when it fell off, then he got to ask the question? I, I certainly hope so. That, yeah, that, yeah, that would have been element. Yeah, that would have been great. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I always discourage people from doing the, uh, the stadium video board proposal, but I think that the, the Price is Right proposal, I think that was, uh, that was something special. 
it is something special, and you're right. You have to be. It has to be a lock. You've had to have the conversation about getting engaged beforehand. It's got there. Everything has to be in place. There can be nothing left to chance because that has got to be the most humiliating experience on the planet. Oh, will you marry me? Eh, let's talk about it later. Oh, I, I do know someone who they actually they 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 did the video board proposal, but I gave them a pass because like they met at the ballpark. So that, that actually I, I will allow that one. Yeah, that uh, has there's some history there. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the, the funny thing is, though, uh, she actually left to go to the bathroom when they're message popped up <laughs> Oops. so uh, so the the nice thing is uh this was at wrigley field and uh, they they actually take a picture of your message and, and give it to you okay so i that, that that was basically how it ended up going down is uh he he gave her the picture and uh so so i guess that's just as good yeah i always think i always thought those kind of proposals were a little uh a little thirsty, as the kids like to say. You're looking yeah. for too much of that because I remember when, and I'm sure you, when you got engaged, when I got engaged, it was a little more private because it's it's between the two of you, and then you can go out and have your party or whatever. But uh, you know, for each, to each his own. This is a land of opportunity. You can do whatever you want. You want to get it, you know, get engaged at a soccer match. Go ahead. I don't care. Goal. Engage. Yes. <laughs> Right on the pitch. You pitch some woo. You get engaged on the pitch. Just as many pitches, uh, pitch puns as I can muster up. Uh, exactly. You edit that part out, won't you? Uh, of course, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, so you've been on on three game shows. Three and, game uh, shows, yes. And I've won on all three. So what can that, I tell you? Like, I retired undefeated. That, that's like an impressive, you know, Atlanta Braves 14 straight division titles sort of streak. I'm the Cal Ripken of game shows. I uh, was an Iron Man. I won every time I was on, and then I walked away at the top of my game. Uh, so, first of all, what is is the is the process for getting on a game show? Is it is it pretty much the same? Like, are you auditioning? Do you just show up in line and 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 maybe somebody picks you out? How does that work? It's all different. Uh, this was this happened in November of 1999. We had just moved to Los Angeles. And, um, I got there on, I got there on Halloween. I pulled the Buick Roadmaster station wagon up in front of our condo on Halloween. Uh, the next week I was going out to dinner uh, with a buddy of mine who had just done this show. And he said, Oh, I just uh, did this game show and we taped it and I won some money. They were looking, they're looking for people with big personalities and they want, uh, you know, they're still doing auditions. I was like, Oh, this is great. So the next day I call it was, it turned out it was for the Fox game show greed. And I don't know if uh, you remember that when Chuck Woolery was the host, uh, Chuck Woolery in the news lately for some uh, ill thought out tweets. But at that point, he was a huge TV star because of uh, love connection and all of that. So I actually got in on the last day of auditions. And so this is to answer your question. Sometimes you go like I did. I went down to Burbank to a nondescript office building and they had a huge conference room full of people. And so you start answering questions and you are, you are interviewing or auditioning with the producers of the show. Now I've been to a, a couple since a guy uh, auditioned once for, for uh, what was the Howie Mandel one deal or no deal. That was at uh, Navy pier here in Chicago. And it was just a cattle call mm -hmm. and it was, you lined up and you went and it was very brief and, and a nightmare. But for 
for Greed and for the shows in L.A., because that's where they're produced, you actually have an appointment time and you go in with this uh, huge group. Now, I had just moved, so as they're asking us to fill out paperwork and asking us, I didn't even know my address. Uh, I hadn't memorized my phone number yet. I had I had nothing because I was so new to L.A., but I knew they wanted some bubbly. And Keith, you've known me long enough. Bubbly is the adjective that best describes me. Oh, absolutely. Whenever my name comes up, people go, that guy, bubbly. Bubbly. Plus, I also was still gigantic at that point. Um, so you're answering all these questions. You're playing a mock game. Uh, once you, If you do well on the mock game and they seem to like you, they start weeding people out. So you're sitting in this room, and it's very it's sad to a point because they keep sending people out. All right, Bob, Jill, Jane, uh, you guys can leave. It's like, oh, and so now there's fewer and fewer people in this room. Now, are, the, when, you're, when you're in the room, are you like like chatting everybody up and, and, and meeting people or are they the enemy? I'm I'm very antisocial as a rule and the nerves are kind of there. So I'm I was polite. Some people are trying to be and, and you've run into these people, the people who are trying to be overly friendly. They're they're really trying to impress everybody with how gregarious they are. Oh, they're shaking everybody's hand. They're talking to everybody. They're making jokes, blah, blah, blah. And I was just being a stand up and being an introvert. I'm like, eh, I, I don't need any of this, but I'm answering questions. And if somebody talks to me, I'm, I'm uh, being polite. And you can tell that there's a bunch of producers and they're watching everything. Mm-hmm. So now it gets down to a point where there's, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 people left in the room. And they say, okay, you are, uh, you're not guaranteed you're on, but you've made the cut. So now you're you're in the contestant pool. And then they send you home. And it's like, oh, man, I, was, I, I don't know. But it's like any audition. You don't know if you get it when you leave. Yeah. Next week, I, the next week, I get a call. And they say, all right, you're on. And I'm like, oh. And you would think, now, I didn't know anything about game shows prior to this. So when I get that call that says I'm on, I think, it's a lock that I'm definitely on the show that I'm going to be there hanging out with Chuck Woolery. We're going to be comparing Rolexes. Uh, maybe he'll toss me a two and two just for old time's sake. And I go on the day that I'm supposed to be there. You go down to Hollywood to the big, uh, to the big studios and park. And now you've got, everybody's got their garment bag. Cause they tell you what to bring to wear just in case you are, you got to be camera ready. And this game show, they wanted you to look a business professional. So I've got my garment bag with my blue blazer and a couple shirts and ties and, and I'm ready to go. And I walk into the building and I'm in a room with about 200 people. And I'm like, Oh "Oh, no, what? They're not putting this many people on the show. No, what they do is now they've taken the contestant pool and brought the whole contestant pool down to this studio. And now they're going to handpick people again. So all day now, you know, now you're sitting at big tables and you're talking to people and some people are playing cards because they've done this before. They know you're going to be waiting all day. And, uh, you know, I had a book with me, but you couldn't bring you couldn't bring newspapers, uh, magazines. There were certain things with current event stuff that you could not bring because I I don't know. They didn't want you (laughs) gleaning any information from (laughs) from (laughs) Uh, because, you know, you're going to cheat. and It's. It, it is very regulated, game shows. I'm trying to memorize today's newspaper. Well, good luck with that because you can't bring anything with you. 
because yeah. uh, since the quiz show scandal of the 50s, they are not messing around uh, to the point where, and that'll come in a little bit later. But so now, now you're there and they're calling people up to producer tables throughout the morning. Mm-hmm. And you're interviewing again and they're asking you questions and you're trying, I, I was trying to be as, uh, as gregarious as I could be, but not overly, you know, fake fun, but just try to be genuine. Your typical bubbliness. I was trying to bring an effervescence, Keith, to the proceedings that I'm, I'm quite frankly known for. Uh, bubbliness, effervescence, they're synonymous, uh, which is another big word that I should have used sometime on a game show to win money. But they call, they start calling groups of five because here's the, here's the breakdown for greed. If you don't remember, did you ever see the show? Were you watching TV back in 2000? Uh, I think I remember seeing one or two episodes. I mean, there were so many new game shows, like at that point, that was, yes, that that was a a weird couple of years. And, uh, I, I do remember seeing an episode or two, but, uh, it was, it was never must see TV for me. You describe it as a weird couple of years. I describe it as profitable, but to each his own. True. So the, the thing was, you were on a team, there were five people on a team and then there was Chuck Woolery and one of the people was the captain of the team and they would stand in the middle. Uh, and then the other four were in kind of a a U shape around them and you were all working together to win money. Now at a certain point during the proceedings, the Terminator would pop up and whoever got the Terminator had a chance to challenge somebody else on the team and take their money. If you if, say the Terminator landed on me and I said, okay, Keith, I'm going to challenge you. And you came out. Now I got $10,000 straight up just because the Terminator landed on me. Nice. So, so Chuck would ask a question and you and I would try to buzz in and answer it right. If I got it right, I would get my 10,000 plus I would take your money, whatever you had accrued and you would go away. You'd be so terminated. You'd be terminated and you'd go. I don't know where you went. Uh, they take you to some room and I think they executed you. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but, uh, you know, th- thankfully I did not have to worry about that. So the whole time you're trying to, you're trying to give off a vibe that, so you don't get terminated. Well, back in the big holding room, they've called a couple, they've called a couple groups and they're going out now to tape the show. And I'm like, Oh no. And all of a sudden, my name gets called, and I'm put in a group of five, and I'm I'm taken up to wardrobe, I'm taken to makeup, and our five people are put separately. We're sequestered now, off to the side. Nobody can talk to us because we're we're gonna go, and we know we're the third team that's gonna get taped this day. Well, the first game goes long, like ah. Oh. Then the second game goes along and they go, okay, uh, we're not going to get to you guys today. And I said, well, does that mean we're, we're in for next time? And they said, no, we're going to, you know, we'll probably call you back again, but we don't know for sure. And I'm like, oh, so close. I go home and I tell my, they, they screened you out. They know they like you. So it seems like they'd want you to come back. You would think that, but this is this is not how it works because they're always they're like fickle uh, girlfriends. They're always looking for the next best thing. You know how when you're at a party sometimes and you're talking to a person and they're looking over your shoulder to see if anybody more interesting is there. Oh, That's do the I game ever. show industry? That's entertainment in general. They're always looking for the next best thing. So I might have been the flavor of the, of the day that day, but you know, 
next week. Who knows? I go home. I wait a week. I get another call. Okay, uh, we'd like you to come back in. Terrific. Grab my blue blazer again. Head down to the same studio. Now I walk in. Well, since I went the first time, the show has now aired. And at the end of every game show, they put up the thing. If you want to be a contestant on Greed, send your blah, blah, blah. Well, now, instead of just people who lived in L.A., now there were people from all over the country in this room. And it's like, oh, there's no chance I'm getting on now because now instead of 200 people, there's like 400 people. And everybody, you know, now you got people from Des Moines and Miami and everybody's trying to get on the game show. Well, and you know, people in Des Moines, they don't have anything to do other than get ready no. for game. And they're trying to wear their best overalls, you know, to, to come on the show. And it's just not working out. Uh, that's a, that's an unnecessary slam. I didn't mean that. Iowa, I know you have more than overalls. You have flannel. You got a lot of stuff. Um, you can edit that out too. I don't know why I'm telling you when to edit it out. Leave in the controversial stuff. See if it gets, <laughs> see if it gets another <laughs> click. Uh, but I do get called again and I get put in my team and I'm all dressed up. And now here we go. It's, it's time. And, and this is the fun part in makeup. I go in to get my makeup done, which sounds very strange, but if you're going to be on TV, uh, they put makeup on you. So you don't look all washed out. Who's sitting in the makeup chair next to me. That's right. Chuck Woolery. Wow. So friendly, so nice. And like most people on television, a giant head. That is, <laughs> and that's not a slam. It's just, if you look at a lot of people, if you meet people who are on TV, a lot of them have big heads. I don't know what it does, what the camera does with it, but he was very nice. And he did have his giant Rolex on. And, uh, you know, as you got up to leave, as I got up to leave the makeup room, you look out the window and uh, Chuck's Corvette parked right at the door. He, uh, he doesn't walk. Chuck Woolery doesn't have to walk to the studio. He, I think if he could have pulled right in to the makeup room, he would have, but he's there. And so we get to, we're ready to go out and they give you, you know, you're signing all these papers, all these non-disclosures. You got to keep it quiet. You can't share any issue. It's a long contract that you're signing. The part that gets a lot of people nervous is walking out on a stage where there are a lot of lights and cameras. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, because I had done stand-up for so long, I was used to being on stage under bright lights, so it didn't freak me out. But as we're waiting backstage to get introduced and go on, uh, people are people are starting to, you can see, they're starting to sweat. And the producers are trying to calm everybody down. And I'm like, I was nervous up to that point. But once we walked out on stage, I was back in my element. So I'm like, this is perfect. I'm I'm okay. And I must have given off that kind of energy because as the game went on, a couple couple people on the team got the Terminator and nobody was picking me to challenge me. I don't know if I gave off some weird energy like you don't want a piece of this or, you know, that I knew more than I did. I don't know what it was. It's just because you were so bubbly. It could be that. It could be the bubbliness. Could be that effervescence that I spoke about uh, scaring people away, but they didn't. They wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't challenge me, which was fine. So the game's going on and we're doing pretty well. And we get to the point where we have now answered uh, a question to take us to, by this time, it's down to three people. It was myself. It was a bartender from Northern California, a young guy, maybe 22. And it was an attorney who worked for Dick Clark Productions, but had to quit his job because uh, he was on this game show. Wow! And somehow it had come out at a party that he was taping the show and it got back to work and he had to, uh, he had to quit. So it's the three of us. 
And the so last, he's all in. What's that? So he's all in. He's a, yeah. Oh, he's in. Got to win this thing. And now both of those guys have already challenged and took somebody's money. So they had their own money plus the ten grand plus the person they had vanquished's money. And we asked the. We got a question. We were at the five hundred thousand dollar level. So it was. I remember the answer. The the question had something to do with the most spoken language in the world. And the answer was Hindi. And it, it's a multiple choice question. And we discuss it amongst ourselves. And then the captain is the one who makes the final decision. So if if the uh, the attorney and myself had said it was Hindi, but the captain thought it was, I don't know, German, he could have he could have overridden us and uh, went with German. Thankfully, he did not. He uh, listened to us. Hindi was the answer. We won $500,000. Now it's the end of the show. And they're like, okay, you got to go. We'll have them back next week. And I was like, okay, all right. Because now we have to decide if we're going to move on to go for a million dollars or if we're going to stop at $500,000. And they give us, they tell us what the question is going to be. The question is going to be on Miss America. So now we stop. And, and they immediately grab the three of us and take us off to separate locations. We go home and they say, all right, you're going to be back next week. So now we've got a week. So for a week, I thought I had won $100,000 because that would have been my share of that half a million. But it's all resting on the fact that the guy who's the captain can either decide to go on and risk it all, or he can be smart enough to stop and just take, because at this point he was at 210,000. Mm-hmm. So a week, I'm panicked what to do. Go back. The minute, the minute I arrive, they take me to a separate room. And they did it to the other two guys too, because we were not allowed to collude because that's part of the bit, you know, you can't, there's no improprieties in game shows. You have to, it's very above board. So they didn't want us talking about this beforehand. They wanted what happened on stage to be what happened on stage. So we go, and as they bring us back to the stage, the producers, because this was the show had just gone on the air, and they had had a couple winners, but nobody, nobody really big at this point. And the producers like, man, we really hope you guys win. We good luck. We want you to, we want you to do well, because that's the thing. the The people who run game shows want contestants to win, because mm-hmm. then more people will watch. If you turn on a show and everybody's a loser. You don't want to watch that show. Oh, man. Unless you just want to feel good about yourself with some uh, schadenfreude that somebody else is doing worse than you. But they want to see people win money. Well, I would imagine that like at the beginning, uh, if there's a really big prize, like I, I think it took a while for uh, somebody to actually get to a million dollars on who wants to be a millionaire. Yes. And, and I'm sure that there was probably some draw to that just to see who is going to be the first. Right. Yeah, you don't want it to be too easy, but you also don't want it to look unwinnable. Right. So now we we go out. We're all I'm, you know, you got to wear you, now I'm in a different blazer or a di- different shirt and tie cuz they they know we're coming back the following week. And uh there's Chuck and the three of us go out and we're just looking at each other. Like what what are you going to do? What what are you going to do? Now I didn't know anything about Miss America. Um uh, I don't think the other guys knew anything about Miss America. So I'm praying that this kid is going to say at 22, you're going to take 210 grand and walk away. And thankfully when Chuck says, all right, gentlemen, we, you know, 
the category is Miss America. What do you want to do? Do you want to uh, risk it all or do you want to walk away? And the kid takes a dramatic beat and he goes, we're going to walk away. All right, congratulations. You've won $500,000. The whole, the whole thing that day took about four minutes to go out <laughs> on stage, tell them we got the money, and then leave. And, um, you know, it was terrific. And one of the things, the, you know, you know people watch TV or you hope that people are watching TV. I didn't mm-hmm. realize because at that point, like you mentioned, game shows were, were the big ticket item. Then everybody was doing a game show. Um, they had asked what, at the beginning, what are you going to do if you win the money? And I said, I'm going to get my back waxed and move to Tahiti. And that got a huge laugh. Everybody in the audience laughed. In the weeks after it aired, and it aired the night before Thanksgiving, uh, 1999, I would go places in there. That's the back wax guy. It was so I was like, oh, yeah, the back wax guy who who now walked away with one hundred thousand dollars two weeks after moving to Los Angeles. It was it was like I hit the lottery. It was uh, unbelievable because we had gone out there with nothing our car had blown the engine the week before we went uh my my dad had come out to visit that week and he and my wife and three-year-old daughter had to drive me to Burbank for the audition and uh they went and were sightseeing while I was trying to get on this game show so it literally was like winning the lottery for me um and I thought well it's you know this was definitely the right decision to move to LA the money's just going to keep rolling in like this and yeah, clearly that happened right at the beginning. What? Yeah, two weeks in, and I went to deposit it at the bank, and they're like, "Oh, Mr. Noonan," because they don't take taxes out, and they didn't send it, uh, you know, by messenger. I walked out to the mailbox on a Saturday, and there was an envelope from Fox TV, and I opened it up, and there was a check for a hundred thousand dollars, just regular. So, it was a normal check, right? It wasn't one of those giant novelty checks. I wish it had been a giant novelty check, but uh, alas, it was just a regular old check. Uh, but e- the size of it didn't matter when I went into the bank, just the amount of zeros. They're like, oh, Mr. Noonan, will you be making deposits like this often? I was like, eh, probably. <laughs> probably a good chance. I'll be dropping 100K every couple weeks. That's Yeah, that, that makes sense. I've been here two weeks. Look at, look at what I'm doing now. So that was... That was the uh, that was that game show, and then uh, because of that, I got on a show called Russian Roulette, where I won uh, I won twenty five thousand dollars on that one. That was a show where everybody stood on a piece of the floor. It looked like a uh, chamber for a revolver for a gun. Everybody stood on a floor. If you got the question wrong, you uh, pulled a lever and the floor would open up and you drop through. And wow, so, yeah. So- one was terminating people and this one was it had like the the mr burns uh yes uh, it was just uh, like mr burns office where he would press the button and you would fall through and uh they were very nervous that someone would get decapitated so they before you would go on as a contestant they would run you through the training of what would happen and they took you under the stage and showed you this it was about a four foot uh mat like a mattress and there were two giant teamsters under each hole and so as you came down, they said, make sure you go down in a sitting position so that your head is not still poking up because if the door closes, you'll lose your head. And that's the Teamsters were down there like grab your feet and swing them out so you would land flat on your back on this mattress underneath the stage. Thankfully, I never fell through the floor. I was like, I'm, I'm way too big to fall through the floor. I can't do that. I'm betting the insurance was probably just too high for that, uh, for that, that show. Yeah, it lasted a while, uh, hosted by Mark Wahlberg. Not Marky Mark Wahlberg, but the Mark Wahlberg who was a game show host for a while. Um, the bluest eyes I've ever seen, Keith, quite frankly. Wow. 
dreamy, dreamy blue eyes. And uh, so that one, that one I was being taunted by another contestant to the point where the audience turned on them and was cheering for me. And I won that one. And uh, then because of that, I got on a little known game show on the PAX network called On the Cover. And that one didn't give out money, but I won a, uh, a trip to Las Vegas. And I got to stay at the old Imperial Palace in their really creepy honeymoon suite with the heart-shaped hot tub and the mirrors and the whole thing. And mistakenly, we had brought uh, our daughter with us on that weekend. And it was like, oh, this is an you know, inappropriate room for her to be sharing time with her parents. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was my, those were my three, uh, my three game show wins. And then in LA, if once, once you're known as, and I guess, I guess I was a good contestant. I was the kind of guy who had, a, who had personality and people seemed to, people seemed to care. I, I don't know why, but then you, then I would get calls from other game show producers or producers from the shows that I had been on that were now on other shows going, Hey, uh, I got a call to do, uh, let's make a deal when Ray, Wayne Brady was hosting it, but I had already done, there wasn't enough time you had to spend for big network shows. You had to have not done a show in X amount of time. And I was still in the window where I couldn't do another show, but I got called for that. And I got called for another one. And uh, there was just, uh, just not enough time in there, but it was uh, it was definitely an exciting time, and uh, you know, get to meet Chuck Woolery, get to meet Mark Wahlberg, get a little money, and uh, we bought a car and put a down payment on a house, and so we were able to uh, we were able to live in L.A. for a while, thanks to well, thanks to that, my, my uh, that, knowledge of nothing. That, that brings me uh, to my to my final question here. So, uh, obviously, you had a a an epic. Uh, Cal Ripken like streak uh, of going uh, three for three in the in the game shows that that you were actually on. So uh, now now that a little time has passed, have you thought about uh, making a comeback, or uh, do do you think it's more important to just just keep that streak uh, at, at at three for three and 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 just uh, just be able to say that that you were you were perfect in in that. I think at this point, uh, living in Chicago, it's going to, it's much harder to get on a show, especially now with COVID. I know like millionaire is coming back and they're doing casting, but it's one of those things where you got to be out there. So I think at this point in my life, I am going to stay retired. Now that's not to say that if uh, the right opportunity presented itself, that I would not come back, uh, and try again. But at this point, at this point, it's best to just walk away. I hung up the cleats. Uh, I have my memories. I have uh, Bruce Springsteen once sang, I have my glory days, and that's really all I need. So we're not going to be getting a, a, a press release from Brian Noonan that just says, I'm back. You, let's not say never, Keith. I don't like to deal in absolutes. Uh, again, if, uh, if someone were to say, if Jimmy Kimmel called and said, hey, we were watching old tapes of greed on YouTube. And uh, you seem like the kind of guy we need to sit in the millionaire chair. Sure, I'd go. That, that you, I don't. You definitely, you definitely want to take the call and hear him out anyway. I want to listen. We'll have a meeting. Uh, I'll have my people contact his people. That means I'll yell downstairs and ask my wife to answer the phone. Um, but yeah, it's 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 always a possibility. I like to leave things open. But there is something to be said for going three for three and then walking away. Well, thanks so much for sharing your story, Brian. You're very welcome. I hope it was I hope it was entertaining. Oh, it was thrilling. <laughs>
He said with as much sarcasm as he could muster. It was it was actually a pleasure. I do appreciate you asking me to do this. Uh, it was a lot of fun, Keith. If you think you can top Brian's perfect game show record, shoot me an email at greateststoryeverpodcast at gmail.com.